Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Earle, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have Michelle Gladio here today. And Michelle, welcome to High Road to hey, Humanity. Thanks. thanks for having me. I'm excited you're here. She's written this cool book, you guys. It's called Communicate with Courage. And God knows I'm into the communication um, business here. And she's here to talk to us about taking risks to overcome the four hidden challenges. And she's going to tell us what those four hidden challenges are. Now, before I bring her on, let me give you a little information about Michelle. She is the author of Communicate with Courage. And she's also president of Ladio Consulting. It's a Midwest-based team known for top-notch design and presentation of seminars in communication and leadership topics across and around the United States. She does provide executive coaching and facilitates strategic planning for clients in diverse industries in government, at nonprofits, and academia. She has 18 years uh, working in colleges, universities in Indiana. She's mentored thousands of people, you guys, and she has a positive effect on those she advises. She's, um, her clients and friends are delighted that she's finally documented some of her best tips, and they're all in here. So that's what we're going to hear about today. But Michelle, you know what I want to know is how'd you get to this point where you're like, okay, I know I communicate well, so I'm going to write this stuff down because I feel people need it. Or what's your story? Tell us your story. Why did I write the book? You know, um, Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, one of my favorite writers, says that you write about the revolution that's going on inside your heart, that that's what we work on or write about. So, you know, from as, as young as three, four, five years old, I had some definite opinions about how human communication could improve. And I found some notes. In, a, in an old closet the other day, preschool teachers sent home a note to my mom that said, today Michelle asked us teachers if we could step to the side because she wanted to tell us that the techniques we were using to try to calm David down weren't working and she had an idea about the techniques we could use. Ha ha, you know, and I thought, so it feels vocational, Nancy. Um, you know, I've been a lifelong student of communication, certainly have a long way to go. I disappoint myself often. But I am aware that we aren't here for that long on this planet. And I wanted to have, um, now that I've studied it for 30 years and done this for 30 years, I wanted to get some thoughts on the record that might be helpful to future generations, hopefully, if that doesn't sound too horn to deep. No, it sounds I, I thought it was right. time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love how you talk about your intuitive abilities from the time you were a child. I guess I was just describing some intuitive abilities. Well, sure. You picked up, you know, we come over here and I don't know when we start to forget, but children remember. And from what you just described to me was you knew better than they did because you had the wisdom. 
uh, sometimes children still retain that with, well, we all retain the wisdom, but you were able to say it, which is interesting. I think it's a role model. Um, I think that's my mom, Rosemary Gladio, who spent time probably with each of her kids, probably with my two older brothers as well, but she had me when she was almost 50 years old. So she very quickly started te- like downloading to me, like, hey, Michelle, I'm not going to be here as long as your friend's parents. You know, what a bummer thing to say to a little kid, but yeah, oh I accepted God. it. I accepted it. Are you that? Oh I'm going to, I'm going to help you. You know, I'm going to, I'm older than your friend's parents. So I have some things about life I've learned that I'd like to share with you. And so I have many memories of first grade, second grade, third grade, getting out to her car. You know, I was lucky to have a mom who was a writer and could make her own schedule and could pick me up from school. But if we saw a child crying in the parking lot, we weren't moving that station wagon wasn't going to go anywhere until she looked at me and I looked at her and we had to talk about what might this child be upset about? How might we best serve this person? Do you think I should go talk to the child? Oh, look that there's their mom coming over. So maybe tomorrow, Michelle, you check in with that student and see how they are. And of course, as a kid, I was like, they're not in my class. (laughs) Oh, no, it's a boy. I'm not going to go talk to a boy. Let's talk about that. Maybe you should. So thanks to her gutsiness as a communicator and love, I think, for others, she downloaded some of that power. That's amazing. I love that. Well, because she showed love and compassion and she taught you love and compassion from an early age. I think that's amazing. I really do. She's behind the book and some of the best pro moves. I write about pro moves and I consider those to be things that most humans would walk on by. But we can also be the kind of human that turns and interacts or sends the note or offers the praise or asks the question. Um, So a lot of her tips were pro moves, I think, instilled into me. And I write them as short pro moves in the book. In the book. You know, we were talking before the show about how people text and they don't call. And, you know, I always think it's a chicken way out to text. (laughs) Well, if it's a quiet a quiet room and you can't make a call, you could say, I'll be there in 15 minutes. There are uses for it. But I was the last in my friend group to text. And I remember my friend Jeff saying, I texted him like, hey, how's your trip going? Because I had now finally installed texting into my phone. And he said he about fell off his In the airport. So I was in the airport. Is this from Michelle Gladio? So I gave in because it, it can be convenient. But, uh, you know, it's just a joy to see you this way right. through an online video platform. Way, I think, more interesting than if we were just on the phone. Well, and it's the energy. And, you know, this is the communication. When we communicate, we use our words. We use our feelings and our thoughts. And it is the energy that you and I exchange now. Even on Zoom, you know, I pick up the energy of the other person. Do and, you? Oh, absolutely. Of course. Are you picking up a little nervousness or no? No, I think you're fine. <laughs> no. I fooled you, no. I think we're kindred souls. I think we okay. have a lot in common, okay. actually. What okay. I pick up, okay. what I pick up, Michelle, is we have a lot in common because okay. I feel the same way you do. Although it took, I didn't have a mom like you did. I wasn't fortunate like you were. But it's taken me a long time to realize what you learned as a child is what I see. You okay. learned to, to communicate and to, you know, 
to be loving and to be kind. And, you know, it was if everybody okay. has a different upbringing and some yeah. of us, it takes a long time for us to get to this point. <laughs> you know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. But your book, you say, is meant to assist in your work as much it w- as it was built to assist in your interactions with family, friends, now or in the future. So you have these four hidden challenges. And if you don't mind, would you, can we touch on each of them today? Yeah, I'd love to. All right, cool. I'd love to. All right. So the first, I'm going to read the first four and then if you'll start. So hiding from risk is number one. Defining to be right. I used to be one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Rationaling, rationalizing the negative and setting for good or settling for good enough. And I, th- all of these resonate, you know, it's interesting. All right. So hiding okay. from the risk, give us a little idea. We don't want you to give the whole book away. because <laughs> Okay. Book. Okay. But, um, um, you know, give us a little idea what you're talking about here when you say hiding from risk. Okay. Uh, and I want to, I want to go back to one point you made about not, not having the blessing of a mom who poured into you that kind of wisdom and love. My mom and I certainly had our bad times. She passed away when I was 19, oh. as she predicted, right? But um, wow. the book does address what if you didn't have, when you were small and other people were tall, what if you didn't have someone pouring that kind of investment into you? How can you still grow to your potential as a communicator? So I don't want to discourage readers and think it's for people that they might think it's for people who had an easy go of it with parents. Absolutely not. And then our upbringing, of course, brings us to some of these hidden challenges, often hidden because it was the norm in our family, maybe. And yeah. so we go out into the world as grown-ups and we try to interact in this way and it's not going to work that well. So you asked about hiding the first challenge that I've seen in our training and coaching clients. That's a fear of exposing your real or supposed weakness, which of course we all have. So some people have very low self-esteem and they imagine all kinds of weaknesses the rest of us can't see. And others are just aware of real weaknesses and they're trying to cover it. So what we could do about hiding from risk is try to summon some courage. It's something intangible, the way I define it, that we have to find, dig into ourselves, our very spirit, our soul, and decide, I'm going to pull forth this. And sometimes it might be we we act as if. Um, When I was a young undergrad in college at Purdue University, I might want to go talk to some boys at a party, let's say. And I wasn't very good at that. So I thought of my friend who was very good at it. And I thought, what would she do if she were here and she wanted to go talk to that group? And in my mind, I walked over thinking about her and how she would do it and was able to pull it off. So one of the ways we can get past hiding is maybe to act as if we are courageous like someone we know. And when we get clear on our values, that's when we can also summon courage more easily. You see it with um, parents all the time. Mama and daddy bear aren't going to let anybody mess with their kid, but they might accept too much uh, negativity at work from others. So when we start to think about what our values are and that we are brave sometimes and we stop hiding from risk in some situations, we can apply it to others, if that makes sense. Yeah, because we all have fear. I mean, I work on it every day, you know, but, you know. Everybody has something they're a little bit nervous about or a little bit apprehensive about, and you got to get your courage up. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like, get your courage up. Yeah. And society does that 
you know, does a number on this too, I think. And often, especially women who are, who might believe from the billboards that that's how we're supposed to look. And, you know, those women don't even look that way. Right. That's, that's, that's airbrushing. Right. So, well, <laughs> you're absolutely right. And I'm really into the inside of people, not the outside of people, you know, because it's the inside is where the treasure lies. Have you ever met somebody and they were so nice and so kind and so fabulous that you didn't even remember what they look like? I had a best friend, um, again, back to preschool, who was, I don't know what the right term is for this. Her eyes were crossed. Oh, okay. And um, someone said to me once, does it bother you that your best friend has crossed eyes? And I got mad and kind of started a fight and said, she doesn't have crossed eyes. I hadn't seen it because this this oh. shell that we're in, you know, hairs hair to shoes is is not really that important. And you're as a kid, I think you're paying less attention to that stuff, and then society directs us to pay more. I know. Wow, that really is a drag. <laughs> but we're trying to be aware, so we bring courage, we bring awareness. Yeah, we don't walk on by. Yeah. Well, as you get more confident, I think a lot has to do with confidence. You know, um, all of us, you know, there are different times in our lives where we're confident. Sometimes we lose our confidence and we have to get it back. Anyway, that's what I think on that one. I agree. All right. Defining to be right. I have to be honest. And I always put myself out there on my show. Okay. <laughs> Michelle, I used to be one of these. So this is years ago. I've overcome it. I've recognized it. But I used to be one of those people that just, I, you know, I'm smart and I know I'm smart. And so it was really yeah. hard for me to let somebody else be, you know what I mean? Yeah. So don't try to BS you either. You're not going to accept any BS. Right. Um, right. So defining to be right is putting too much stock into our assumptions or being quick to judge or being so damn sure that we're right. And even if we are right, uh, you know, one, one of my big brothers asked me once when I was having some relationship difficulties, he said, well, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? And I said, I am right. I don't understand the question. And he said, and that's part of the problem. You don't even understand the question. Do you want to be happy or right? And really, I just wanted, I wanted my opinion respected. And I wanted to hear that the other person thought I had a decent point and thought I was worthy of respect. They so I can't you. get to happiness. I can't get to happiness until I'm respected. So this is a tough one for a lot of us who have strongly held opinions. Well, I think people want to be heard. Mm-hmm. Sure we do. Everybody, that's what I've realized. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard. You know, I think that's why social media has become such a big deal. Because everybody's like, look at me, I, you know, it's really interesting. It really is. They have a voice. And what are they using? Yeah. What are we using it for? What are we putting out there? Yeah, that's right. Cool. Yeah. I bet you're, are you a person that believes that in some kind of divine or spiritual accounting that we do end up receiving what we put out? Absolutely. Oh, no, okay. that's exactly how it works. Okay. So, yeah, that's how the universe works. I wrote oh, wow. on this, Michelle. <laughs> that's very, very motivating then to try to be a better person every day because it would benefit us yeah. also. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you say, I'll give you a real quick synopsis. Whatever you say, whatever you think, whatever you feel, 
Okay, so it's, it's a combination. That energy goes out into the universe and the universe reciprocates. It's as simple as that. If you say, I will never be thin, you won't be because the universe is going to make sure you're not because that's what you asked for. If you say, this is why affirmations work. If you say I'm successful or I'm happy and prosperous and loved, then you will, the universe was like, oh, Nancy wants to be happy, prosperous, and love. We're going to send that right back to her. So whatever you put out comes back tenfold. So there's there's a Chinese proverb that runs something like the scent of the flower always, part of the scent of the flower always stays in the hand of the person who gave the flower. Yeah, it can. And through my through my toughest times in life, I think when I focus on generosity and gratitude, I feel a lot better. My problems are there, but I just lifted someone up just a little. Oh, wait, I feel a little elevated. Right, right. Yeah. And oh. we can do that. Of course, communication is we make, uh, you know, some research researchers say a few thousand decisions a day made by each human. So many of those are about written and verbal communication, as well as our body language and tone. So if we start to focus on that area of our life, that's an area we can use gratitude and generosity and get something back. Right. No, I think we should all go out and be lights in the world. You know, when you go to Walmart, smile at people. Don't be grumpy. Smile. Say hello. What's with her? Well, it's really interesting because I I moved from one, a a kind of a larger area to a small town just just a few weeks ago. Oh, oh yeah. So in the small town, everybody talks to you. Everybody says, oh "Oh my God, everybody opens doors and they like, oh, I like your outfit. It is the coolest thing I've experienced for, you know, in 20 some years because small communities used to, everybody knew each other and they do. And everybody talked to each other. And how are the kids? When you get into a bigger place, People just, if you say something like that, or even if you talk to somebody's kids, they look at you like they're nuts. Uh-huh. I've done that. Have you done, I've done that uh-huh. where I'm like, oh, hi, I, you know, and they just look at me like, you know. Don't talk to my kids. Kid. Yeah. To my kids. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> congratulations, congratulations on the move. I think you're going to, I know you're going to bring a lot of love and light to that town. Yeah. Well, what do you think about this? You you know, are you, I mean, where, I don't know, where are you? You're in Indiana, right? I'm in, I'm in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Seven okay. inches of snow, late January, okay. 2023. Okay. All right. <laughs> I've actually, yeah. I've actually lived for a short period of time in Fort Wayne, Indiana. When I was oh, you have? Okay. Yes. Yep. This is where I was born. And okay. it is nice. I do like to travel. So I spend a good part of my time outside of Indiana, but I always feel good coming home. Right. Something about those, I like to look out and see a lot of land and some cornfields. So if I'm in New York for a week, that's fun because everybody's moving as fast as I usually talk. But then getting back to Indiana, I feel like uh, my soul is at rest again. Now, are you experiencing what I'm talking about here with people? We're about 300,000 people now. And uh, the pandemic has definitely created a lot more introversion in all of us. I think. So you're asking, am I experiencing, are people outgoing and inclusive in, in Northeast Indiana? Friendly, usually? Friendly when you, they, you go to the store, do people talk or are they more to themselves? Um, I think it's as varied as human personality is varied. 
And for me, whether I'm doing it or not depends 100% on my energy. So if I've had six coaching sessions that day, I might have my shades on and my baseball cap over me because I don't have any more to give right now, but I do need milk, you know, kind of thing. But uh, this is this is what I'm trying to encourage people to do and communicate with courage for sure is to give just a give I say one percent more just one percent more and you never know what might become of that. Well, if you give, you know, somebody may be having a really bad day and a smile and a kind word will change things for them. I'm just saying that. That's all. Agree, agree. And then they go home and treat their significant other differently and treat their pet differently. Yeah, differently about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So that that might bring us to the third challenge. Rationalizing the negative? Yeah. Okay. Could I talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Okay. So maybe I have had six coaching meetings that day and I want to put my shades on and pull my baseball hat down over my eyes and not say hello and not make an effort. Um, because I might rationalize, it doesn't matter. It's not going to make that big of a difference. So rationalizing the negative is shielding ourselves from taking chances uh, when we could ask a good question or offer some praise or offer a little love and light to someone or face a conflict, state our opinion, anything that seems a little scary or seems like um, it might not have a rewarding outcome. So we talk ourselves out of it. Thus, we never show up in the communication and there is no chance for something beautiful or fruitful to happen. So that's uh, rationalizing the negative. And I work a lot with clients who I push them towards. I want you to have that conversation with your boss. I want you to have that conversation with your coworker. I can help, but let's get it out in the open. No, no, no. They're not going to listen. They're not going to care. I tried before. They won't get it. So we don't get the shot. Take the shot, people. That's what I'm saying. Take the shot. And get, some help with, <laughs> get some help with wording if you need it. Always work towards diplomacy. Mixed in when you're assertive, mix in some diplomacy <laughs> because then it's, you know, it's just like that saying, right? You catch more flies with honey <laughs> than you do vinegar, however that goes. Yeah. Well, you know, Michelle, it's funny you would say that. <laughs> I can remember in the real estate business, I was very brazen. I was very quick. Where were you? Oh, yes. And um, that's how people are in New York. Well, I was brought up in Michigan. Oh. I grew up in Michigan. And okay. people were more straightforward. And my mom was real straightforward. And I did well in business for that reason. But I will say that I've learned to soften over the years. Because when you soften your approach and not be so brazen and bold, like I think for a while there our our society expected women, or maybe we we're just trying to be like guys, I don't know, yeah. in business. You know what I mean? Right. But I think right. when I, over the years, I've softened uh, and changed how I approach things. But I used to be like that because Me like you, said, you think you have to in order to be um, on an equal playing field, right? It's so not- well said. And yeah. where has the power been centralized in business? Traditionally centralized around males. So right. absolutely. I'm still in my black suit hair up. Are you very casual and uh, a much warmer look because of who you are. And I felt comfortable talking with you when I read your bio. I knew that you would be bringing your whole self and be accepting of anyone else's whole self. Not so sometimes in some of the decision making boardrooms of the world. Right. But I'm starting to question that. I wish I would have questioned it sooner. Mm, God bless. How do we show up in the world? Maybe we can, maybe if we are ourselves while working on our, verbal and written communication, but keeping that authentic part of self involved, 
probably is going to land better. And also, yeah. because I'm very direct like you. I, I, some of the things that come out of my mouth, Nancy, I think, uh, the tone, the tone is so important in communication. And just the fact that I threw in the word, obviously, here's something that bugs me about me. If you ask me a question, if you ask me a couple times, then I might answer you and say, well, obviously what we do when we invoice that client is dot, dot, dot. And it's demeaning. It's demeaning. And I want it out. I want it out of my habits, my habitual communication. So step one is put it in the light, see it, identify it. And now I'm going to catch myself doing it. It's going to feel yuck. And each time I do it, I'm going to apologize when I do it and rephrase. And I hope eventually it's something that I can get out, well, out Michelle, of my style. I don't yeah, want it. Yeah. And I don't mean to interrupt your train of thought. No, there. go ahead. But what I want to say is that you are recognizing it and that's the big part. That's yeah. the big part when you start to recognize, because I, I said something, I don't even, I can't even remember what I said. I was in a store <laughs> and I said something to somebody and it was my mom talking. I swear to God, it was a program. You know how we're programmed. Yeah. yeah, And it yeah. Just came out, it just flew out of my mouth. And I was like, that's not even something I would say. Why did I say that? Wow. Person? And I, it was a couple of, it's been about three years ago, two or three years ago, I did that. And I just was like floored. I was so angry at myself. I couldn't believe that I was that programmed that that would just fly out of my mouth without even thinking. You know what I mean? And I then, guess you're only human for, for now. Yeah, but then, <laughs> but we're only, proof. but we're here to yeah. learn, but we're here to learn. Just like you said, yeah. you're like, oh, I need to watch what I say. And then it goes back to the same thing. Whatever you say really has power. You uh-huh. know? So if you say something really derogatory to somebody, it really can affect them emotionally and physically. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have an apology in the book to guys I've dated <laughs> in general. I didn't use any names, but I did apologize for being the person. I didn't understand that there is a limit to the amount of time most people can spend talking about relationship issues. And so because I love the topic and I'm interested in organizational psychology and communication, guys I dated and loved would have to tolerate overly long conversations about relationship. And I'm older and wiser now. I didn't know then. So I just kind of stuck a blanket apology in the book to a a few people that deserve it. It was a learning. We we live and learn. (laughs) We live and learn. Okay. Okay. We've got one more here. Settling. Settling for good enough. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to call it satisficing. I like that word better. My publisher talked me out of satisficing and said, use a more commonly known word. So I came up with settling for good enough. And settling for good enough is when we stop ourselves from striving towards better in our writing or in our speaking or in our listening. So we miss out on rewarding outcomes that would come along with a little more courage to stay in the game a little longer. Uh, Sometimes what we stop is just as important as what we start. So this isn't all about use your voice more. When we are settling for good enough, we might settle for our tendency to interrupt or to want to be first to speak. And we could work towards being less assertive as communicators. Everybody has a different journey as they move towards their potential as communicators. Settling for good enough is a habit that we could break and we would have gifts 
start to appear in our lives. And I say that to coaching clients all the time. I can't tell you what the gifts will be, but start watching right like tonight, right away. After this coaching session where they've identified something they want to work on, we've documented it as a communication goal. So I think you're probably, I almost hope you have an argument at home tonight because you're ready to do something different. And they say, please don't wish me an argument at home tonight. And I said, well, you know what I mean. It's going to happen at some point. When it does, do your new thing. Stay in it for two minutes longer or listen better or believe that your opinion matters as much as the other or offer a heartfelt apology that doesn't sound like, well, I'm sorry you got so upset so easily. That's not an apology. Obviously, that's not an apology. So whatever they're out to try, once they try it, and once you and I try it, the gifts start coming in. Got it. I love it. Well, I'm working on not interrupting because I am quick. I'll, I'll just be honest. I'm going to tell you why. I'm quick and I think really quick. Okay. I, I think really quick. And I want to get that thought out. Yes. And so ah. I will tend to do that, which I don't really mean to. I, now I'm conscious of it. So I really try to watch it when I'm interviewing people. But there's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, and you just want to get that thought out. I have to is say. There, is there a fear that we might forget it? Yes. Or is this just our yes. DNA that we are expressive? No, I think I'm going to forget it because okay. I, I don't want to miss it because it's a really good point and I want to get that point across. And I always think, oh, we'll get into the conversation and then I'll forget what I said, what I was thinking about. So, so a strategy could be jot down in your notes two words that remind you to go back to that point. Yeah. And then I need I that in meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, thank you for sharing that because obviously you're a gifted communicator and you share your gifts with others and we both teach communication skills. And here we are two teachers talking about the ways we still fail regularly and get back up because we're not going to settle for good enough. Um, one of my, we have a team of 10 at my company. It's called Gladio Consulting, named it after my parents who are not with us anymore on this on this earth, but I wanted them to know I heard their messages and I'm trying to live their live their love for education. So 10 people on my team, one of my employees said, co-workers, better word, said, uh, what is this settling? What do you mean? And I said, well, you know, when we're on a Zoom and there's the 10 of us for a happiest hour, as we call it, quarterly, we update on what everybody's working on. Around the Midwest is where we're located. So we Zoom in. And she said, yeah. I said, you know how at the beginning of the meeting, I'll say, who would like to go first to update us on their projects? And nine people know they can just chill back and say nothing. And somebody will eventually say, I'll go. So what I'm talking about is not settling and being the first to say, I'd be happy to start. And she laughed and said, I do that. And I said, I do it too sometimes. <laughs> I'm just giving you, ex- not trying to focus on your behavior or anyone's behavior in particular, but that." What's the least I can do to get by is sometimes where our mind goes when, you know, maybe that's not going to serve us the best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So those are the four hidden challenges. And um, this is the first I'm starting to discuss them. They haven't yet been um, worked into executive coaching clients sessions. They haven't yet been worked into training because I think I was just observing humankind and trying to figure out where are the obstacles and how could they be explained briefly. Right. You know, I like a short book. Right. Well, no, I'm with you. And you, and 
I wrote down a few things here that you have in the book. It's a really good book, you guys. She has uh, noticed negative self-talk, improved mm. your outlook as a communicator. And that's something that um, I think a lot of us, you know, you really got to love yourself. Otherwise, you can't love anybody else. And that's something that I think a lot of us have worked on. And you've got, sometimes we, we say things to ourselves and then we don't even realize how negative we're being to ourselves. But you address that in the book. Um, also, you talk about a short mission statement. And I bring this up because it's like that elevator speech, you know, like when someone says, yeah. what do you do? And I've been thinking about it this year. I need to create one. And I wanted to ask you about this and have you address it because I wrote it down. Um, do you teach people to do that? I do. Uh, and people can find this downloadable free tool, find your unique mission. It's on our website, Okay. which is, sorry, it's hard to spell. It's a French last name, gladioconsulting.com. So it's glad, I-E-U-X, consulting.com. At the top, free tools. Click on that, unique mission. It's one page, colorful, fun. Five questions, I believe, e-fillable exercise, or you can print it or just read it. It takes you through, what's your name? So my name is Nancy Ann. And then what do you most enjoy doing? Who does it benefit? How are they changed as a result? Those are the primary questions there. So what do I enjoy doing? Who does it benefit? And how, or who or what does it benefit? And then how is this planet or that group of people or my family or my work team changed as a result? And I first just wrote those simple questions out in March, 2020. And I've carried them, my answers, I carry them with me in my day planner. So if I'm having a tough day, I can look back to that and remember why I'm actually on the planet as a communicator and then get back up with the skin knees and the tired self and the whatever else, discouraged, the discouragement I might be feeling like, hold on, I have a mission to live towards and that'll keep you going a long way. Yeah. No, One I more thing I'll add about mission is my team and I have talked about what do we want to be known for? And you can do this as an individual as well. And we picked as consultants, three things. And they all start with P. We want to be positive. We want to be professional. And we want to be poised. And that way, when we get into the yuck of maybe a difficult conflict mediation meeting, or somebody's crying during a coaching session, or there's when something hard is happening, we try to remind ourselves, let's just go for positive. Let's remain poised and professional and see if we can't make this 1% better. So two ways to look at it. You could pick intentional words or you could answer some questions on our website that I hope people will go access. I like that. I, I'm going to do that because I need, okay. I need my little spiel. And I, and if somebody asked me, I'm like, Oh, well I do a podcast and I have a TV channel and I'm helping humanity. And I have my little card. I don't have one sitting here right here, but it tells right. me, you know why I do it. But right. But I just feel like, you know, I need my, I need to have like a little speech to tell people what I do. You know what I mean? And I just think it would be, because you have one, I'm sure. Here's what it looks like when you okay. download it from the website. I yeah. hand wrote mine. Yeah. The question, so Nancy, what do you love to do? Well, obviously, you know, interview people and learn new things. Just well, you teach us about energy and you help I us do. find our path. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, for whom and would it be most humans? Like I wrote adults because I prefer to work with adults rather than youth. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Okay, everybody. so humans, humans from various walks of life. Humanity. What do, what do they need that you can give? 
Oh, wow. Love and light. Oh, beautiful. Wow. That came right. That came yeah. right to you. Yeah. Love and, and light. Love and light and wisdom. Love, light and wisdom. And then last question, how do people change or transform as a result? They become more loving and connected. Okay. There you go. Oh, I Good love job. it. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Thank you. And this is what it's like working with an intuitive. You just know if, the, if the right question is posed, it comes right from your source, from your soul. Yeah, that's really cool. Now, do you use your intuitive abilities in your business? Of course I do, but I don't think I talk about them a lot. I talk about a lot of data and numbers, what the surveys of your employees showed about how they feel about their work environment, what the personality assessment shows. But all through that, I'm trying to see beyond the, the cover of the book and into the actual person and their light, as you would say, so that we can so we can help them act from it. Okay. So, so some, I think some are more, some people are more receptive to trusting intuition and others discount it or distrust it. Right. And I'm just going to say, cause I feel this intuitively, I think that would be something, well, you're going to eventually need to have, you're going to eventually bring it into your business because being intuitive and having that gut feeling and going with it and trusting your intuition and trusting your just knowing to trust that knowing, know thyself. You know what I mean? True. We'll come into all of business, I believe, because we need that, that energy to interact with people. Cause if you see somebody need some compassion, it'll finally get to a point where you say, I am compassionate about your situation. And then you'll have a deeper connection. Does that make sense? That's beautiful. However, when leading a team or advising a CEO about a direction to take her or his or their company, for me to say, I just know this in my gut, I feel it, is often not enough. And I understand that also. I have to back it up. Yeah, with, it's yeah. going to have to, well, it's, it's going to have to evolve. And I think it's going to take an approach, you know, as we grow as a society and as we grow as a people, I think it's going to come. Just okay. like, I really do. I feel, I'm just throwing that out there. I think so too. I hope you're right. And I think someday we'll be able to measure energy. But for now, I'm advising people <laughs> to get feedback about how their how their energy and communication affects others. It's not quite measurable in, in any of the five senses ways, yet quantitatively it's tougher. I've had some, I had an aura photograph taken once, like at a spiritual fair. And okay. that was very interesting. Okay. And the person okay. told me about, what this red meant and the green coming in more, she said a time of peace. And I thought, hallelujah. <laughs> the red, the red is more, um, you know, fiery, just like it's supposed to be like, you have a lot going on. I just think that people, I get, let me say it like this. Okay. I think that as time goes on, we will become a more compassionate, loving people. And a lot of these things won't be so ooey gooey and will be accepted Oh, well, that's beautiful. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I, well, think, I think you saying it helps it happen, too. Yeah, I think so, too. You're putting but it I, out, right? You're telling it what you tell us to do. You're doing right now. You're putting that idea forth. Correct. Yeah. Great. 
But I love what you're doing here, Michelle, on this book, because a lot of us are afraid. I mean, let's just talk about this. A lot of us are afraid and we need to not be and we don't have to be right. You know, it's always interesting to hear, to learn, to listen and hear other people's, you know, opinions and the rationalizing the negative. I like that, too. All of this has been really helpful. So thank you. Good. Yeah, we can we can just yes, we're all going to feel fear, but we can act despite it. Think yep. of it as a clue, like, ooh, I'm feeling tight, nervous. Okay, then summon courage. Your fear is there to tell you summon courage because we all have a natural supply. Yes, exactly. All right, so talk okay. about the book. How's the reaction been? Any great stories you want to share with us before? Reaction, Ben, um, gosh. You know, it just hit the market on November 1st of 2022. Yeah. So we're starting to see a very exciting. We're starting to see some companies say, our 30 supervisors need this, or I'm going to oh, get wow. this for my, for my team of 50. And that's amazing. And we are starting to see reviews show up online. Okay. And I try not to check too often, but they mean a lot to me when I see someone posted a comment. That's oh, helpful. Very good. Very yeah, I know, I'm new at this. First time author. So. Yeah, I, I guess you could say facing fear every day. Yeah, congratulations on the book. Tell everybody how to contact you one more time. Sure. Uh, you can go out to our website, gladioconsulting.com. You could sign up for a quarterly e-newsletter that I personally write with help from my team. It's called Breakdown. Okay. Named after Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker song because I'm a huge Tom Petty fan. Oh my God, that's so great. We just try to break down what is been happening in our company, but also free development resources because we can't be at every company or organization, but we want this stuff in everybody's hands. So that would be a great way to get in touch. Awesome. All right, you guys, we're going to get out of here for today. The book is called Communicate with Courage. It is by Michelle D. Gladio, Taking Risks to Overcome the Four Hidden Challenges. All right. And we're so glad you came on the show today. I had fun. Thanks. Well, you're very welcome, you guys. And we're going to get out of here for today. If you need a psychic reading, if you'd like me to bring you some messages, go ahead and go to my website, nancyyourout.com, and you can book your date and time. And I've got all my shows on there and all the podcasts on there. So you can check them out, read my updated blog and all that good stuff. So thanks for joining us. Everybody take care and God bless.